Okay, we're going to go ahead and get started. Um, I don't know if people got um, messed up because of the time change, or they were here last week and figured out I don't know what I'm doing, and um, decided not to come back. Um, so that's a possibility too. I know we have some extra visitors this morning. We have some high school folks um, coming in. Somebody mentioned we might even have some junior high folks uh, joining us this morning. So that's a good thing. Let me go ahead and pray and um, then we'll get started. Lord, thank you just for your, um, your goodness towards us. Um, um, Lord, there's just so many things that, um, that you do. I especially thank you for the Holy Spirit. Um, I've been thinking about that um, a lot this week and just um, reaching out to experience uh, the nearness of your spirit, revealing my heart and and leading me. I just pray you would guide us this morning as we as we work through your word and we work through a topic that I know is um, is very much on your heart. Every resource we have belongs to you. Everything we have has your name on it. And your desire is that every single thing do the maximum good. Um, And Lord, your good is our good. Um, Your good is us experiencing true life. Lord, help us to learn to manage the treasure that you've given to us that we might experience your true life. We ask this in Jesus' name. Amen. While we're getting people coming in, uh, I'm just going to deal with a couple of things. Um, Last week, uh, there were some people who came up after the class and asked a couple of questions. The big question that I got was, what about student loans? What about student student debt? Uh, Next week, we're going to talk about student or about debt in general because once you have debt pretty much all debts created equal to some degree Uh, not totally but there's it's debt is debt is debt but uh, so we're going to talk about that but the, the the topic got me thinking and i remembered that somebody here at church had written a book about it and i reached back into my mind and sure enough um alex chediak or Dr. Chediak, um, has written a book called um, Beating the College Debt Trap. And I sent out, I think I sent out a, uh, the information on the book when I sent out the last email, and I'll send it out again. It is a really good book. I haven't completely finished it, but if you, um, it's not going to help you a whole lot if you already have student loans out. But if you're someone who's either, you know, currently in the system or you are looking in the future towards going to college and wondering where the money is going to come from. It is an excellent book. It is full of just real, like a really, really good wisdom. I've, I've read about a third or getting close to a half of the book, and it is just full of great wisdom. Um, uh, Dr. Chediak is a professor. He, he's sort of an insider. He's been around the system a He's done a lot of research. And he kind of gives you the insider's guide to how things work and what to look out for. Because we'll talk about this next week. When it comes to debt, um, our culture is our culture just sells debt. It's just it's just an ex- it just seems it's an expected way of life. 
everybody borrows money. And the people who, who want you to have debt just sell it like it's, it's nothing. And that's no, and reading Alex's book, because I never went through that. I went through college paying, paying cash uh, for college. Uh, it was a lot cheaper then. And, and my lifestyle was, well, pretty much primal. Uh, my, my dad gave me a hundred bucks a month, hundred bucks a month, a month. And I had to, I had to get shelter, clothing, food, all that out of that hundred bucks. True story. Um, I, I put, I saved money on a hundred bucks a month from my dad. He did not spend it all. Uh, now we won't talk about what I ate. <laughs> we won't talk about how I got around. I own no, you know, not owning a car is, is a huge blessing. If I could go back to not owning a car, I would. It's a huge blessing not to own a car. You save a huge amount of money. But anyway, um, where was I? Um, but anyway, I, reading through the book, the, the colleges just sell debt like it was, it was nothing. You walk into the financial aid office and they just, oh, yeah, here's, here's this. And sign that, sign this, sign that. And all of a sudden, you, you're, you're in a lot of debt. So we're going to talk about that a little bit next week. But I highly recommend that book. It's, it's really, really good. It, even if you're not planning on college, going to college, and he actually talks about that too. College is not for everyone. He talks about the alternatives. It's just, it's just a really good book. It's uh, something that I would, especially if you're in the teen area, starting to think about your, your future, and those kinds of things. We're going to talk about um, debt more next week. Probably the debt, I want to say expert, um, is, uh, is Dave Ramsey. Um, last time we taught this class, we used Dave Ramsey. Um, but if you have debt, um, this is probably the best, one of the best resources you can use to get out of debt. He's very motivational, um, lots of great ideas for how to get yourself out of debt. So enough said about that. The other thing that came up um, was someone talking about should we ever have debt? And we'll talk about that next week. Is, is, is debt just universally bad? Is, is taking out debt a sin, in other words? And we'll talk about that a little bit um, next week because I want to dig into that a little bit, a little bit more. All right, let's talk about uh, last week's, uh, this week's assignment real fast. Um, before, before we do that, I need to... Um, get that to stop doing what it's doing so that I can switch, so I can switch pages. There we go. Um, this class is part of the Equipping for the Journey class, or the Journey series, just kind of remind you. And here at Cornerstone, we are on a journey from brokenness to wholeness. And this class is being taught within that context. As I said last week, um, I am not essentially a finance guy. We all have to be finance people to some degree. My, that's not my major thing in life. There are, pe- where are people in our congregation, many of whom have been talking to me, and I really appreciate it, who are finance people. They love the numbers. They love budgets. They love all this stuff. That is not me. I'm a gospel guy. I love the gospel. And what I'm finding and what keeps me motivated is getting me to do things I've never done before is the fact that uh, managing 
God's treasure is one of the major keys to moving my heart. And that's what I really want. Um, I often say, I really want to be a real human being. And that's what I want. I want to be a real human being. And managing treasure is a big part of that transformation. It's not, I used to always think about there's the, there's the give and the keep, right? You have the give side of, of, your, of your budget and the keep side of your budget. And I, I give, and what takes care of that part, right? I've done the God part. I've, I've given, you know, I've given more than most people or whatever I'm thinking over here. And I never really thought about the keep side. But God's stuff is on the keep side, too. The stuff that goes this, that way is God's treasure, and the stuff that stays on this side is God's treasure. And both of them are in my possession to change me. So I, I, I need to bring the gospel to the keep side. And we're going to be talking about budgeting today, and that's why I'm now, for the first time in my life, excited about budgets. I've, I've, I've started budgets several times. I've used different software and spreadsheets. And eventually, I just, did, I just lost interest. I didn't see the point <coughs> and, and stopped. But I'm realizing now what really is in this thing is it's the power to, to change me. That's what God is really interested in. Here at Cornerstone, we want to take the gospel to every area of life. Milton talks about reasoning from the gospel to everything. And we want to reason from the gospel to our finances. What does the gospel mean for our treasure or the treasure that God has put under our care? We want to apply gospel thinking to all of our decisions. We want to live, we live inside the gospel. Um, And inside the gospel, we go from brokenness to wholeness. And trust me, I've tried this. Do not try to go from brokenness to wholeness outside the gospel. Uh, that's, that's surefire, miserable life, pretty much. Um, maybe you'll make it, maybe you won't. Um, life inside the gospel is where you want to be. And we want to do our finances within this gospel. If you're doing your finances over here or over here, they're not playing a part in this process. We want, to bring our, we want to bring our finances inside our gospel thinking. And that's the goal of this class. Um, Jesus says that where your treasure is, there your heart will be also. Which means that every single finance decision is what kind of decision? It's, it's a gospel decision. Every decision you make deals with, you, with moving you from brokenness to wholeness. Every single Decision. Let's um, so make a what? Oh, I guess, that's no fun. Yeah, everything. I think that's going to cramp my style. You know, I, uh, you know, I had to think about all these decisions and think, 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 think. Oh no! If you want this, this doesn't cramp your style. This is going to it makes your style. Uh, it, it 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 will it will make your style. So that's, we'll talk about that a little bit more, uh, a little bit more later on. All right, let's get to uh, last week's assignment. And I'm going to skip over the goals and reviewing stuff here and get right to 
um, the meat of this and go over what in the heck all right there we go okay last your assignment was to uh, go home and start doing inventory sort of looking at where the treasure is you can't manage what you don't know. And uh, for me, it's, I, I, I've been through going through this process for the last month or two, and I'm pretty surprised about what I didn't know. Um, there's, there's a number of things out there I, I, I was not aware of. So I'm just going to kind of put it out to you guys. Any interesting discoveries as you sort of took inventory of treasure or as you began tracking where your treasure is flowing? Did anybody... Have any surprises? Things that were things that were strange, or you didn't you didn't you didn't know what was going on out there? Find any hidden treasure? Yes. So you you added up the. The expenses and they're higher than okay, well, a new to you car, yeah, yeah. Um, so yeah, that's a good discovery. You get a, get a handle on how much it's it's actually it's actually costing. Any, anybody else discovery that you made? Um, just checking into your stuff. You found you found something. You went, oh my goodness. Yeah. Uh huh. There you go. That's a good idea. I noticed like December and January is probably the highest spending with property taxes with holiday shopping with things that we sell for the summer. I noticed uh, it's pretty heavy spending. Yeah, you're going to get months that are really, really heavy. And we're going to talk about that today when we're doing, we start going from tracking our spending to doing budgeting. Is you want to start looking at expenses, predicting expenses, and then putting them in your budget so that you're putting that money away over a period of um, a period of time, so you're not getting these, you know, these surprises. Getting a handle on which months. The other thing that's helpful to do is to take those monthly, some of those monthly expenses. You know, for example, going going out for coffee or whatever, and multiply it by twelve, and see what it costs for an entire year. Um, I. When I was when I was teaching, um, I used to talk to the, I, the the tech guys a lot at, at the school. And those tech guys went out for lunch together every single day. Every single day, they go out to lunch someplace. And you know, I just asked them, "Do you have any idea what that costs?" And he didn't know. He didn't know what what the cost was. I said, you, what, "How how much how much do you spend on on lunch each time?" And he told me, and about, it was like $8, $9 or something like that on lunch. And I said, okay, so that's times five. That's X amount of dollars per week. And then we said, well, let's multiply it times, let's just say there's four weeks in a month, times four. That's, it was like a couple hundred dollars a month. And I said, let's multiply by that by 12. We multiply it by 12. And he was kind of, Ugh. It was, it was breathtaking. I said, and he, I said, that's why I bring my lunch every day. 
uh, that's where I bring my lunch. Because it, it adds up to a, a, a lot of money, eventually, to be doing that. So there are things like that that, that, that the tracking part um, will, will help you with. For me, doing an activity like that actually changed my life. Um, when I was young, I was, just, I was pretty much, oh, the one we're getting is lazy. I was just flat lazy. All I cared about was doing what I wanted to do. I, wouldn't, I didn't do school homework. Uh, I, I, I didn't do anything but what I wanted to do. When, when I got control of my lunch money, I'd even spend it on lunch. I, I saved it up, came home, bought candy, and sat down in front of the TV and watched TV and ate candy. That's the kind of kid I was. I just did what I wanted to do. I wasn't a bad, I wasn't a bad kid. Well, most of the time I wasn't a bad kid, but, uh, but I just did what I wanted to do. When going through elementary school, all my classes were chosen for me. When I got to high school, you, I got to choose my own classes. I remember sitting in, in eighth grade, and I got this piece of paper. It says, check your classes. And I'm sitting in my advanced English class with all these hard assignments and smart people. And I went, there's the hard class. There's the easy class. But but I just went through and I selected everything that was easy. Just right down the line. Every, you know, I, I'm not taking this intro to super-duper conductivity sinus thingy here. I'm taking, you know, science for people who just want to get a grade. Uh, <laughs> that's what I'm taking. That's what I signed up for. And uh, so I went, off to, I went off to high school. probably the easiest schedule on campus. And my, I think it was my freshman year. I think it was, I think it was my English teacher who um, asked us to do an inventory, uh, not of our money, but of our time. And I went through and inventoried my time for like a week or a month or something, got it back, lined it all out, and I looked at it, and I went, I'm a vegetable. <laughs> um, this is pathetic. You know, I'm not going... I'm not doing anything. I'm not going anywhere. It was, it was, a, it was a revelation. And from, and from my perspective, that was actually the Holy Spirit waking me up. This is a lazy kid. Our neighbors would take, us, would take me to Sunday school. And Sunday school just seemed like a huge waste of time. It's a lot like regular school. And uh, it, this, the topic didn't seem very interesting. And I remember after a couple of visits, the guy who was teaching class took me outside and said, you're such a good kid. I, I, he gave me a harmonica. And I thought, well, that's it. You know, I've got this stuff down. I'm a good kid. That's what it's about. I'm good. So I didn't, I didn't want to go anymore. Well I, well, I could go ride my bike. Why do I want to go sit in Sunday school? So I, I, I gave up on that. Religion just seemed to me to be a, waste, a huge waste of time. Why add all this stuff onto your life? It's like a big add-on that was unnecessary. But that, that experience kind of woke me up. It, just, it, was like a, it was like a kick in the head. And I began thinking, well, I, I really need to get, grab a hold of this. Um, and I basically changed. Went out, went out for sports. Got lasted one day on the basketball team. Because uh, <laughs> I learned I hadn't done anything, right? I, you, you don't get very good at basketball, eating candy and watching television. Um, 
So it got me interested. I said I had to discipline myself, so I found a sport. I decided to do tennis. I could practice that really hard, practice really, really well. Got on varsity my freshman year. And then next year, took the hard classes and just began. It just it completely changed me. I had a lot of making up to do because I couldn't spell to save my life. I never practiced my spelling words. It just a lot of things I was behind at. It took me all the way until probably my sophomore year of college before I really caught up academically with all the stuff I hadn't done. And eventually I, I said, well, I should check out this religion stuff. Maybe there's something to it. And so I, you know, I started reading different books, picked up a copy of the Bible at the bookstore and read it. Um, and make a, make a long story really short, uh, eventually became a believer. And that completely revolutionized my life. So um, these kinds of things where taking inventory can be very, very helpful activities. Um, and it was for me, just, just, just seeing it on paper. And even now, looking at my finances and seeing them on paper, my bad decisions and my good decisions are right there in front of me. Right? The, 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 the money that's not doing anything or is getting wasted or things are happening are right there in front of me. And that's gospel stuff. That's really, um, really, really good stuff. So if you haven't gotten into that, I encourage you to do it. Um, and... Um, I encourage you to get, uh, to get busy on that. All right, budgeting. As I said before, there are people who love to budget. They love to keep all the numbers straight. They like to add them up. They like to see everything. They like to make sure everything's organized and everywhere. That is not me by default. Um, and so what's the problem? Well, Dave Ramsey ca- ca- catches it real, captures it really well. He says, wealth building is not rocket science. It really isn't. Uh, getting your finances in order is not complicated. Um, so it's just a good thing for me and probably for you. Winning at money, and whatever your definition of winning at money is, that his definition of winning is not quite mine. My definition of winning is moving from brokenness to wholeness with my money. But he says 80% is 80% behavior and 20% head knowledge. <clears throat> what, is, what isn't the problem what to do isn't the problem, doing it is. Most of us know what to do, we just what? Don't do it, right? We know we should be doing X and we don't do it. The problem is with our, <coughs> it's not with our want to. Often we want to be better. Our problem is with our, our do. It's with our actual behavior. Well, what does the gospel say to that? First of all, the gospel says, what is your root problem? Is your root problem your circumstances? Is your, is your root problem that your income is low? Is your, is your, is your root problem that, you, that, you've, that you know, you, you've got too many expenses or all the whole list? Of, is, is that the root problem? No, the root problem is not our, our, not our circumstances. The root problem, and I like the way um, Dave Ramsey says it, our root problem is the person in the mirror. Uh, that is our root problem. And what it is, it's, it's a failure to understand the true nature of our brokenness. That's where the gospel is amazing. The gospel gives us the freedom to do what? Take away the mask... And look at ourselves as we really are. Without any fear. 
No fear. We can face up to who we really are. And to a certain extent, well, that way, and we can live with ourselves. I can live with my, in the gospel, I can live with myself in a broken state. And please, 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 please don't define yourself out of brokenness. We tend to do that. We, we, we change the bar, right? We move the bar to a different place. We redefine. That's how we deal with brokenness. We look at brokenness and go, okay, I, I guess kind of redefine it. I'm good. No, you're not good. Right? You're not going to be good tomorrow. You're not going to be good the next day. You're not going to be good until you see Jesus face to face. Right? But we can move. And part of moving in the gospel is, is, in one sense, being comfortable with the brokenness and staring it in the face. Because we are, we are truth suppressors. That's what we do. That's a key to our brokenness, is we suppress what is really true about us. The gospel set us, sets us free to look at the real truth and not pretend. Um, it takes away, you know, worrying about what people think about you. I really am jacked up. I am jacked up. But I am... I'm moving. I, I'm going, I, tomorrow, by, but with the help of God, I will be, I will be better. So that's a, that's a key part of it. <clears throat> and <clears throat> Paul talks about this, this idea of living um, inside our brokenness. This is Paul writing to believers as a believer. And I'm not going to read the whole quote, but he says, The willing is present in me, and the doing of the good is what? Not. You ever experienced that? That is, um, for me, everyday life. That's everyday life. You know, I wake up in the morning reminding myself of my brokenness. Here, I, Lord, these are the things I know were wrong with me. And then I just, I, you go to the point, well, the thing is, where do you go with this? Where do you go with this? Um, and Paul's going to answer that question. Um, <clears throat> he says, because this is where you can go. He says, wretched man that I am. You can become depressed, right? Wretched man that I am, who will set me free from this body of death? Thank, but he says, thanks be to God through Jesus Christ our Lord. Does he all of a sudden make us good? No, what's the answer? We don't go from being broken to being whole. We go from being broken people outside the gospel to broken people inside the gospel. There is no condemnation for those who are in Christ Jesus. Because, and there's no more law of sin and death. I now sin, but I don't what? I don't die. I sin, but I don't die. That's amazing. It might lead you to say, well, okay, well, I can just sin. If you think that thought, you got it. That's exactly the inference you would make. It's that crazy. If you think that, you've got it. It's that crazy. I can sin, but I don't die. Now, do I sin? No, I don't want to. I mean, I, I, I want to be free from sin because the cost of that freedom from the law of sin and death was huge. It cost the death of God's son. 
Because that's what he goes on to say. So what the law could not do, weak as it was through the flesh, God did, sending his own son in the likeness of sinful flesh as an offering for sin. He condemned the sin in the flesh. So the cost of that freedom is immense. But it is true freedom. I sin, but I don't die. And that is just an amazingly wonderful place to be. Um, <clears throat> why? So that the law, <coughs> so the requirement of the law might be fulfilled in us who what? Do not walk according to the flesh, but walk according to the spirit. So we go from walking in this tension to walking with a companion. So on the journey, we have someone who goes with us. We have the Holy Spirit. And so as we begin thinking about budgets or our money, we have the freedom to face up to our mess-ups. Right? I can look at my spending. I can look at all the things I've done. I can go, okay, I sin, but I don't. I don't die. I sin, but I don't die. <clears throat> and I can turn... With, with no fear of condemnation to the Holy Spirit and say, Holy Spirit, help me get better at this. And so what we want to get to is this idea of spirit-filled budgeting or spirit-filled management of our finances. Um, not, not, because, not under guilt, not under condemnation, um, not because Dave Ramsey says I have to um, or whatever, we want to set, Paul says, to set our minds on the things of the Spirit. Right? So to set our minds. Human beings do not have a neutral. There's no neutral setting to a human being. Yeah. I'm, I, you, know, you can't just say, I'm just cruising right now. I'm in neutral. We're never in neutral. There's no, there's no neutral setting. Our default, if, 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 you, if you stop setting your mind, you go to what? You go to, um, you go to your default, which is your flesh. Right? That's what you're going to go to. You're going to go to the default. And so we have to set our mind. Setting your mind means a what? It means a plan. See where I'm going? Right? Budgets are a plan. Budgets are part of setting your mind on the, the spirit. You want your budget to reflect the things of what? Your flesh? No. You want your budget to reflect what? The things of the spirit. So you, it, it makes sense. You want to set your mind on the things of the spirit before you even open up your finances, before you even start Mint before you even pull out that spreadsheet, before you do anything. You want to set your mind on the Spirit. Study, ask, and plan in the Spirit. Ask the Spirit to show you the, where you're messing up. <clears throat> and, um, our budget's legalism. Um, they can be. Ah, that's exactly the point. Budgets can be legalistic. You can, you're, and, and your flesh likes to do this. Your flesh wants to do things legalistically. And some of the people, this is going to sound bad, some of the people who do budgeting, who like budgeting, I would argue do it legalistically. Because what they're doing is they're doing their budgets, they're looking over at people like me possibly, and they're going, hmm. Yeah. 
They pull out their phone, and they can go, yeah, I've got $10 for lunch today, and, you know, I know exactly, you know, blah, 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 and they can just tell you right down the line, everything. <clears throat> and it's, it's very likely that they are, they are budgeting what? Legalistically. Or you're saying, well, why don't we go out to lunch today or go do something? Well, pull out the phone, put it in. Not in the budget or whatever. It's, it, it's, very, it's very legalistic. What we want to do is we want to budget by the Spirit and not the law. <clears throat> because, and, and why do we want it to be a plan? Because a lot of times our, our spending or our use of, the, of, of, of resources is impulsive. I see it. I like it. I I buy it. And the bad thing about our culture is we carry around tools in our pockets that give us unlimited access to all of our money. Right? I love it. I love living the time we live, but I can pull out my wallet and ask access to almost every penny I have from my wallet and take out my cell phone, I can get the rest of it. Um, it's, we have that access all the time, and I even have access to money that I don't have. You know, in the old days, taking out a loan was a big deal. It was done very, very rarely. Loans were a very big deal in the old days. Um, not a lot of people got them. Today, it's just it's in your pocket. You know, can't afford that cool TV set. Unlimited access to money. So the plan is, is dealing with that impulsive, impulsivity. <clears throat> and it's also setting our minds on what? Your budget should reflect the things of the Spirit. So you're much more, with a budget, you're much more likely um, to operate um, in a Spirit-filled way. Um, also, God has created us this way. God has actually created us to be planners. He's, he's, he's created us to be creators. Human beings are amazing creatures. We really are. Um, we, we are absolutely amazing creatures with amazing capabilities. Amazing, amazing creatures. Uh, let us make man in our own image. We are in the image of God. Incredible creatures. Right? Um, God says, fill the earth and subdue it. Make the earth, make all these resources serve you. That's a powerful kind of creature, isn't it? Very powerful. But all of this takes planning. No planning, no power, or very little power. Um, uh, God said, uh, uh, cultivate it, you know, to keep, take care of it. Humans were created to be amazing. <clears throat> amazing takes planning. And planning will make your style amazing. It's, budgeting is not cramping your style. Budgeting is making your style go crazy. That's what, that's what I learned in my, in my freshman year in high school. The Holy Spirit waking me up and saying, um, you need to get control of your life. Um, so you can have an amazing life. You just start planning so that your life, so that the power, the things I've given you, the talents I've given you can actually be used. 
You have to sit down at night and practice your drums. You have to plan for that. You have to be part of your schedule. Um, you got to get out of your default. <clears throat> okay, is, is budgeting biblical? You know, find the word um, budgeting in the Bible. Is it there? Well, in the original Hebrew, in the original Greek, and all of you. No, <laughs> it's not. Uh, you're not, you're not going to find the word budget in the Bible. But we do find a lot of budgeting type of language. Um, now, here's some things that are not a budget. There's a lot of it, including me. For a lot of times, you'll say, do you budget? I would have said yes. If you asked me, do I budget? I would have said yes, I budget. Um, because I'm, I'm financially stable. I've got money in the bank. I'm prepared for retirement. Um, I've, got, I've got emergency money. I've got, um, you know, I don't worry about car repairs. I don't, I, I'm just pretty much financially in good shape. I didn't have any, any problems. Um, so some people say, well, I budget because I spend less than I make. I know how much I make and I always spend less. That's a budget. That's not a budget. Um, having an adequate savings for emergencies and retirement. Is that a budget? It's a good thing. It's a good thing. It's a good thing. But it's not a budget. Um, I give 10%. You know, I, is that a budget? No. We'll, we'll, we'll talk more about this later on, um, the, the 10% thing. But um, that's, not, that's not budgeting. A budget is where you give every dollar a job. <clears throat> It is, <clears throat> it is a plan to make your money do the most good. Your impulsivity won't do that because you, it, it just, it, it's not set on the spirit. Now, there's a, place for, there's a place for doing things, making decisions in the moment. Don't get me wrong. That's why this is not legalistic. Um, if, if I have to spend more money in a category or whatever... Uh, for so, and I've got a reason to do it. I'm, I'm going to do that. But it's um, <clears throat> the plan is where you're making every dollar. Um, and that's done before you, splint, you, you spend. It's a plan where you sit down and say, this dollar is going to do this. This dollar is going to do that. Every dollar has something to do. And every dollar should be doing something that's going to move you from brokenness to wholeness. Um, you, you, want that, you want those dollars to be making your life what God wants it to be. And that's a really, really good thing. You want it to be true life. And that doesn't mean you don't go to Starbucks. Doesn't necessarily mean you have to take your lunch to work every day. Um, You can go out to lunch. But you're going to plan that. You're going to say that going out to lunch with my colleagues is part of my true life. So I'm going to budget for going out to lunch with my colleagues one day a week or two days a week. That's part of your budget. And I'm not going to do this because that's a priority. That's that's true life. It's not cramping your style. It's just making your style really awesome. Because now you go out to lunch and you know you have the money and you're not going to be worrying about, you can't make your, you know, you can't, Take care of your utilities or something. So it's done before you spend. Um, The other reason to budget is our king expects a return. Um, The resources we have are his. They just are. That's, That's just a fact. Every resource I have is God's, and God expects a return. He wants the result of our management to be 
He says this, storing up for themselves the treasure of a good foundation for the future so that they may take hold of that which is what? Life indeed. Right? He wants us to, to, he wants, that's the return he wants. That's a pretty cool return. Right? Our king wants the treasure he's given us to make us whole. <clears throat> and that requires, that requires planning. Okay. What does the Bible say about budgeting? What should be in your budget? So we're going to get down to some brass tacks here. The first thing that should be in your budget, when you start budgeting, start deciding what dollars are going to do, the very first thing that should go in your budget is giving. Number one thing in any budget should be giving. Why giving? Why would you put giving first? What's that? The Bible says to you. Now we've got, we've got Proverbs 3, 9. Honor the Lord from your wealth, from the first of all your produce. But, but let's think in terms of what I've been saying all along. That's true. The Bible says to you, but it says to you for a reason. What's the reason to put giving as the first thing in your budget? Yeah. That's, that's what I used to look at. It, is I look at that and I would go... Especially when I was when I was in college, and I was really good with my money in college. I was not a good giver. Very good with my money, but not a giver, because I would look at that giving category, and I really did not understand what it did. It just didn't mean anything to me. There was a command there to give, but I was it was always a, a game in my head, and it was usually the thing I did at the end of the month. Or it was the thing I did where I had some money in my pocket. Um, it was never first. It was never first. Right? And part of it's, yeah, the money's not going to go because you're going you're to spend it. Yeah, wait. Uh, I've always understood that giving, especially first, uh-huh. yeah, it is. It's an, it's an act of worship and it's an act of honor. It's, for me, the way, I'm, the way I'm beginning to think about it now, it is also the single greatest thing I can do with my money to move me from brokenness to wholeness. It has the single most power to move my heart. I want to do it first. Because I want the movement. It's not about 10%. It's not about I'm, I'm giving my tithe. I'm, I, I'm giving what, what is God's due. And God is due, but God, is, God has said this for a reason. The reason is it has, this, it has the number one greatest power to make me a real human being. It has the most power to give me true life. Giving is very, very powerful. And it's not like the guys on TV, you know, you give and you'll get a Cadillac or you'll get a SUV, you'll get whatever. No, I, I, really don't want, I, I don't really want those things. What I want is I want true life. I want to be a real human being. Um, and, you know, giving is not going to get me a, a Mercedes or whatever, but it is going to give me true life. Thoughtful giving especially. Thought, we're going to talk about that the last, the last session. Giving thoughtfully is a huge way to have true life to be connected with where your money is going, to understanding it, to understand when you give to your local church, you're giving the light, you're giving, you're giving money to a vital body. 
that is that is that money is flowing through the veins of the people around you and making other people whole. Um, having that rich understanding of where your money is going, not just like, well, I gave my money. Um, it's it's that, and it, and it makes you want to give more. There's there's more life to it, and it's and it's good to do it first because then it's planned. I can remember going to Uganda, and I would take a, quite a bit of money with me, but I never really had it in my mind how much I was going to spend, and that would play with my mind the whole trip. Where I miss out on by not really setting a budget, I missed out on a good chunk of transformation. That that money I spent there would have done a lot more to change me if I had set in my heart more what 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 I was doing. I did not. My, I I had a great experience. Lots of great things happened. But more could have happened if I had what? Right from the beginning, right? This will change me. I want, I want, to, I want, to, I want to plan it out. So when I go, I just, mm, I can just give. I can, do, I can do what needs to be done. So giving goes first. Um, second is savings. Second thing you want to do is save. And you want to plan the savings. So second is savings. Um, Scripture says there's precious treasure and oil in the dwelling of the wise, but a foolish man swallows it up. If you don't save first, what's going to happen? You're going to swallow it up. You know, uh, remember my dad used to ask me, "Is your, money, your money's, when I would go on to go buy something, he would say, oh, your money's burning a hole in your pocket. Uh, <laughs> Yeah, you know, uh, I was I was an impulsive kid. I was I was very I was I was pretty impulsive as a little kid because I just wanted what I wanted, and, and my dad would try to te- teach me not to be impulsive, and um, he wasn't very successful. It it really took Jesus to do that. Um, it 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 really did. It took my heavenly father. My my earthly father did not give me a great example, but he didn't he wasn't able to change my heart. Um, the second thing, the third thing you want in your budget is avoidance of debt. Um, and avoidance of debt is a lot about planning, too. If your car breaks down, should that be a surprise? No, it shouldn't. Um, your kids need braces. All these, these things that are budget breakers, right? You, you want them not to be surprises. That's why saving has to go uh, just, just, just like... Um, um, avoid your saving has to be first, but you want to avoid debt. Um, so you want to make sure you're, 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 you're saving so that you avoid debt. And if there is debt, um, you want to make sure that your budget allows you to pay it back quickly. But because it is, you got you to understand it's serious. The Bible says it is what? The borrow is the lender's slave, right? And, and here's how I look at it that money that's going to pay. The, the, the lender is money over which I have no control. It's money over which I cannot help, it cannot help me move from brokenness to wholeness. I can't do with it. It's, it's going. It's going to go wherever it's going to go. <clears throat> it's one of the reasons I took a long time to buy a house. Because I just, that idea, this money is just locked. And if something changes, you know, I have to... Um, 
And people used to tell me, you're just throwing your money away, throwing your money away, throwing your money away. And I would argue, no, I wasn't, no, I wasn't, no, I wasn't. I was not throwing my money away renting. Um, that was a very, very, that was, that was very necessary for, for changing in my heart at that point. Uh, so uh, <clears throat> you want to make sure that if you do have debt, and we'll talk about this next week, is you want a very serious plan in place to pay that back. Um, that, sh- that should be a high, high priority. Um, you should be willing to make some pretty um, crazy sacrifices to get that. Because you want to get that, those funds back to where they're doing what? Gospel good. Not just paying back good. Does that mean debt's a sin? No. I, I personally don't believe that debt's a sin. I, I believe there are circumstances under which you can borrow money where it makes very, very careful sense. Very careful sense. But you really, really, it's, it's a very, very dangerous thing, and it's something that our, our culture pushes in a way that is, quite honestly, ridiculous. So it's a way that enslaved, our, our culture is being enslaved, where we can't take God's riches and make good gospel decisions with them because we made an impulsive decision back here. We have a nice TV set, but, you know, now, it, you know, my car breaks down or my neighbor needs this or my friend needs that. I can't, do go- I can't make gospel decisions with that money. Um, um, provide for your family. Um, your budget should reflect solid provision for your family if you, if you are married. Um, um, this is one thing my dad taught me really, really well. Um, he always put... Uh, myself, my sister, and my mom above himself. However he budgeted, it was always family was the main part of um, his budget. And this is pretty clear. If you don't do that, it says what? He has denied the face and is worse than an unbeliever. Uh, Because if if you're not doing that, you, you just don't really understand God's treasure. God's treasure is to move you from brokenness to holiness. It's to make you a real human being. And if, if, you're, if you're being selfish and not providing for your family, you're just becoming a worse, you're becoming a worse human being. And if you're doing it in the context of, a, a context of what you're, you're pretending to have real life or pretending to be, you know, or how whatever is going through your head, you're just making things worse. And so Paul's language here is very, very serious. That it needs, it needs to take, richly reflect provision for your family. Rather than buying yourself a new drum set <coughs> or buying yourself a new bicycle. Um, yeah. <laughs> um, your budget should reflect provision for your parents. Um, your parents are getting older. Um, um, some of you, you may, some of you may have already lost your parents. You know what I'm talking about. Um, it's expensive when 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 parents get to that point. And thankfully, my parents made a lot of made a lot of good financial decisions and were financially stable. And able, my mom was still able to handle it, but it still cost me a lot of money: I, airplane tickets, hotel bills, all kinds of stuff. It's expensive type stuff, but it is. I, I can tell you from personal experience, um, 
I would spend that money again. I when I would spend it, I would I would double it for 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 what that experience taking care of my parents did to move me from brokenness to wholeness. God wants you to have that money there because it's whatever's gone on between you and your folks. Um, it, th- those as they get older and they and they need you and you can be there. It's it's a very rich and fulfilling time. And I know some of you out there can can attest to this. That should be in your budget. Um, preparing for that. Just put it in your budget. Um, your parents may still be in really, really good shape and running marathons and all kinds of stuff, but um, p- put it in your budget to be ready for that to happen um, because the return on that is killer. It's just a killer return um, there. Um, um, you're... you're <laughs> your, your budget should reflect your learning contentment. <clears throat> this is going to sound bad. Uh, but your, your budget should reflect your not buying things you want to buy. Um, yeah, it, it, it should reflect making decisions not to buy things that you want to buy. Um, this this need want business. Uh, what's a need? What's a want? We have a lot of things in our need category that don't belong there. Um, very shortly, Paul defines what we need pretty compactly, right? Um, food and covering. I hope covering um, includes shelter and clothing. Both is in that one word. Um, I, I haven't. I didn't check out what the Greek word is. Maybe it does. Maybe it doesn't. But he defines um, need pretty narrowly, um, and we want we we want to be learning contentment. We want to be like Paul, where we can live with a lot. Nothing wrong with being rich. There's nothing wrong with having a lot of resources. But we also want to be in the mindset that we also know how to live with little. We want to live. We want to learn how to do self denial and enjoy self denial. Learn. Just learn the, the wonders of, of contentment, of being content. And, not, and, and that thing is not as important as it might seem to be. That's heart-changing stuff. And you've got to do it in your budget because when you get in the store, what's going to happen? I don't have to be, you get me in fries, man. And <laughs> you get me in fries, I got my credit card. Oh, my gosh, everything is so cool. You know, there's all kinds of stuff there I would like to have, you know. I can, it's, it's like geek heaven. Um, it's, 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 oh, yeah. So you, you, you've, got, you've got to, um, you got to think that through. I, I, don't, I don't need a new computer, you know. Um, you know, I don't need those fancy headphones. I don't need you know, I, that contentment. Contentment should be um, in your budget. Okay, um, starting a budget. Um, I, you should have a second handout that looks like this, navigating your, um, navigating your finances. Um, this doesn't seem too complicated to me. Um, I, I don't like doing budgets, but it's, it's, not been, it's, not ha- it's not because it's hard to do. That's, that's, for me, it's, it's not, you know, it's, it's addition, subtraction, multiplication, and, and division. It's, you know, it's all stuff I learned by the time I was in what? Second grade, third grade. Um, and I did pay attention in class. 
didn't do any homework, but I pay attention in class. Um, <clears throat> but what you want to do <clears throat> uh, to start a budget is you've you got to have, uh, <clears throat> first of all, there are lots of tools out there in our culture. Um, if you're saying, I don't, I can't have a tool to do a budget, uh, get real. There's all kinds of apps, Mint, and all kinds of different kinds of apps. I put some of them in here. I'll put some more in the email I send out. There's lots of stuff. There's lots of different kinds of spreadsheets you can get, and I'll send out some more examples of those to you. This is just kind of an example of one. Um, the two things you've got to get a handle of to begin a budget is you've got to have, the, you gotta have your, your income, and then you've got to have your spending. So you want to get all of your income figured out, your income from you know, wages, your income from dividends, your, your anything that's coming into your bank account um, every month counts as your income. And it talks about that here on the paper. Um, <clears throat> if you have inconsistent income, <clears throat> you want to get an idea of what, like, look at last year, get out your tax forms from last year, what was your total income, divide it by 12. Now, I'll give you, give you some idea what things are like monthly. But those of you who have inconsistent incomes, no, it's a lot scary, it's a little bit more scary. Um, because you, do, you, you might have a month that's double what you normally get, you might have a month that's zero, um, and you probably already know that budgeting for you is like life or death. You could really mess yourself up if you, you know, s- spend everything you got one month and you have nothing for the next month. Um, reimbursements are not income. If you have a job where you get reimbursed, you know, I, I go out and buy X. When I was a teacher, I spent a lot of money in my classroom. Most of it not reimbursed. Um, but if I did do something where I could get reimbursed, um, when I got that money, I, I tend to look at it as, that's money. I just got money. That's, that's income. I can go spend that, right? No, it's, it's not. It's, reimbursements are not income. So don't count reimbursements as income. Um, expenses. Um, estimate your irregular expenses. If you have expenses that don't stay the same, like if your utility bill goes all over the place, um, estimate what's your average um, utility bill to budget for each month. If you're in... Because budgets are monthly. You're doing a budget each month. A, a budget is to tell that month's money what to do, right? So budgets are by month. <clears throat> so you're telling your money what to do that month. If you're in the summer and you know you use more air conditioning and the electricity bill goes up, it would make sense in that month to budget more money for that. You probably know that's going to be there. So you're telling those dollars to do less. And you might, not, you might go out to eat one less time during that month or something. I don't know. But your budget allows you to plan that into your budget. Expenses that did not occur every month. You want to total those for the year, like car expenses. Um, If you average, let's say, $1,000 a year on uh, car repairs. I have old cars, so I end up up spending quite a bit of money on on repairs. (laughs) Some people would say I'm nickel and diming myself to death. Um, um, I I don't think so. But anyway, um, what I need to do is I need to divide that. If I'm spending $1,000 a year on car repairs, I need to um, divide that by by 12, and then I need to budget that each month. That way, when the the car repair comes, the money's where? 
It's there, because I've been budgeting that all along. So when, a, when, the, car, when the car needs new brakes or whatever gadget brakes and got to be replaced, um, I just go, yeah, I've got that money. Write the check. Boom, we're done. Car's fixed. Um, no? So that's, uh, so those kind of expenses you want to divide, um, do, them, do them that way. Um, your goal, your goal at the end of the month um, is when you subtract your expenses from your income, it's to have what? Nothing left over. This has been a, this has been a revolution in my thinking. Because I've always had, my basic goal in life was to have as much left over as possible. That's, the best way I, that's my type of budgeting. Starting in college, when my dad would give me the $100, my goal was to spend as little as possible. And I'll have some left over at the end of the month I can save. Um, but if you're budgeting, you want zero expenses at the end because you want to have planned that savings. You want your dollars to be doing the maximum amount of stuff. Because for me, quite honestly, that, you might say, well, that was really good. You, you were really a good person in, in college. You were really careful with your money. My answer to you is no. There were things I didn't do that I probably should have done. Right? Because I was always trying to get the lowest amount of money at the end. I almost never went out to eat. Going out to eat, you know, today, I mean, it's college campuses. That the, the go out to eat is right there on campus. You got McDonald's and burger, whatever, and also right on the campus. Uh, I ne- I just, that's something I never did. Was that good? Well, yes and no. <clears throat> there's, there, there's lots of experiences where I could have been sharing meals with people and doing things that would have been good because I had this goofy focus on I would just spend, just not spend very much and um, have money, always have money left over at the end. I don't think that did the greatest amount of gospel good. So looking back, I go, good job, Payne. You got through college debt-free and you saved a lot of money. And um, But I look, I look back and I go... Gospel-wise, not so much. A lot of, you, you could have done better if you had budgeted. And I would have said, if you said, said budget, I would have said, you got to be kidding. I always have money left over at the end of the month. I don't need to budget. Me? Who needs, I don't, budgets? I don't need a budget. Um, that was my, <clears throat> keeping your budget. Um, I'm, I'm running low on time here. We started a little bit late, so I'm, I don't feel too badly. A lot of people came in late. So I'm just going to take a couple more seconds um, of time here. Um, Keeping your budget. Don't be legalistic, but do what you have to do. If you have an area in which you are impulsive, whether it's, I don't know what it, what it might be that you tend to buy gadgets for your phone or whatever it is or something. Maybe it's groceries. You like, you like to buy a lot of different stuff. If groceries are your priority, give it a good budget. Right? Give it a good budget. Um, but if, if you're impulsive in that area, then you need to cut off your access to unlimited money. Um, some people use the, uh, the envelope method. And I, and I would argue the envelope method probably should be a, a temporary measure. But you just, you just get cash. Go to the bank, get cash. Yeah, they'll give it to you, believe it or not. They'll give you cash. Um, take, take out cash and um, take, label your envelopes to the categories. Put the, put the money for that category in that envelope. 
And then when you go to the grocery store, you take your envelope and that's, that's all you spend. That's what's there. There's, if there's something really, some really cool thing that you'd like to eat um, and you're out of money, well, you're out of money. Um, it's, you, you, you gotta do what you gotta do. Um, if you've got an area that's out of control, um, and that's true in a lot, in a, in a lot, any kind of addiction type of thing like that, there, there is a point where you, you have to take drastic measures and if drastic measures are necessary, take the drastic measure. Um, and there, there are other ways to do that too. If you don't like envelopes, you can just put clips on your money. There's a, wi- a variety of ways. And I'll send some articles and some video links out for you on that. The other thing you want to get, and I'm running out of time, so I'm just going to go real quickly say this, is get an emergency fund. If you have no money in savings, do what you need to do. Try to get $1,000 saved up. Bang. Um, Sell stuff, whatever. Because the thing that will kill your budget the quickest is what? Emergency. It'll, it'll, It'll clobber you. All your great budgeting, it will clobber you. All your attempts to try to pay back your, your credit or whatever um, will, will clobber you. Um, there's, um, a, uh, <clears throat> if you want to do your budget on paper, um, this handout's got all the stuff in the categories, getting stuff in all your categories. Um, I'm going to be sending you some spreadsheets. Mint works really nice. Uh, there's other software programs. I'll send out links to all those uh, during the week. So let me go ahead and pray, um, and then we'll, uh, we'll go ahead and stop. Lord, thank you for your, um, for your grace and your goodness. Um, Lord, just, um, just help us as we budget to be in your spirit. Let us be in the spirit in everything we do. Let us set our minds on the things um, of the spirit. Thank you, Lord. In Jesus' name, amen.